Have you ever heard of Brimfield Awakening? At first, I thought it sounded like a steamy novel or even a horror movie, but nope. If you want to hear the story of a delightful pair of quilting friends who happened across an inspiring little quilty gem at their local Brimfield Antiques show that blossomed into an English paper piecing business, you're definitely going to want to listen in. Welcome to episode 40 of the Quilter on Fire podcast. Hello and welcome to the Quilter on Fire podcast, where I explore the stories of teachers, speakers, artists, and everyday quilters to share their tips, tricks, adventures, and day-to-day life that will bring you more joy and less overwhelm in the quilting studio. I'm your host, Brandy Maslowski, also known as the Quilter on Fire, and I can't wait to share with you this week's episode. So, here we go. My guests today are the two quilting friends behind the business, Brimfield Awakening. Their website is gorgeous and their patterns are fresh and colorful, and it is all about a unique vintage style of English paper piecing. Wait until you check out their Instagram feed. You just can't stop scrolling. Kim Martucci and Nisha Buri teamed up to build their company after finding a little treasure in a pile of old textiles at their local antique market. That precious find led to some research and a quilting adventure in business. So we're going to dive right in to hear their story. Kim and Nisha, welcome to the show. Randy, hi, it's so good to be here. Hi, thanks for having us. It's so nice to have you both here. Now, Nisha, we'll go with you first. I always love to get to know you both a little bit to begin the show. So how long have you been quilting and what got you started? Sure. So I've been formally quilting since 2014. And I got started because two of my best friends were going to a quilt retreat and I felt left out and I wanted to go too. (laughs) So I made them teach me how to do some basic quilting and then I borrowed a machine and off I went. And coincidentally, it was at that retreat where I first met Kim. It was down in Georgia. It was called the Stash Bash. It was super fun. That's kind of how I got started with all of this. Oh, it sounds so fun. I want to do a stash bash. And Kim, what's your quilting story? How did you get started? I don't really exactly remember. I think like a lot of people, I I liked fabric first and then decided I should probably do something with this. And I remember when I was working in Boston back in the early 2000s, I went to a local Joanne fabric and I found a book that explained the basics of quilting. And I still have a book on my bookshelf. (laughs) And I just started sewing the fabric together. And I remember literally drawing the seam allowance line on the fabric and stitching on the line instead of paying attention to the distance on my quarter inch foot, which I didn't even realize was a quarter inch foot. So I've come a long way, I promise. But yeah, it was back in the (laughs) early 2000s. That's when I first dabbled in it. And then, uh, had a terrible breakup with a guy I was dating at the time. So everything in my life just had to stop. And I had to get over him. And then I didn't really go back to quilting until much later, until I uh, got married and had a daughter and wanted to start sewing more. So yeah, it's a weird love affair. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like you met at that initial retreat. So where are you both in the world? Nisha, you go first. We are actually both outside of Washington, D.C. So I'm on the Maryland side of the suburbs and Kim is in Northern Virginia. And we've both lived really close to each other for years, but we never met until that retreat, which was kind of funny. So yeah, it was very serendipitous and our friendship kind of grew from there. So now you live close enough together that you're not doing everything on, you know, virtually. You can actually meet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, great. So the two of you have formed your online store together called Brimfield Awakening. And of course, the website is brimfieldawakening.com. So we're going to dive into that story about how it all started in a little bit. But first, do you both balance day jobs and the quilt business? And how are you guys doing that? Nisha, you go first. I do. I actually balance this a day job and I'm finishing my thesis for grad school. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm a little busy. But uh, yes, I do mainly balance this with a consulting business that I run. So yeah, that's that. Okay. And Kim, what's your day job and how do you balance it all? Well, I'm turning hopefully Brimfield Awakening into my full-time day job with Nisha. For a long time, I was a broadcast meteorologist, most recently working in Washington, D.C. And then I kind of skidded into the finish line with my biological clock and said, I better get married and find a guy if I'm going to do what I intended to do once. (laughs) 
So I'm not in the broadcasting business anymore, but I do have two younger kids. And with COVID, they were home all the time. Yeah. We're just kind of finishing that period of our lives, right? And recovering yeah. from it. So, but really my job now, other than being a mom and taking care of the house, which you can, Michelle will be like, really, Kim, you take care of the house? <laughs> but other than that, no, I'm, I'm diving headlong first into Brimfield Awakening. I want to bring it to the next level and I'm loving it. Like I never realized how much I needed a creative outlet once I got out of broadcasting, like drawing my weather maps and talking about them to a crowd of people, like I never realized how much I, my creative mind died when I got out of my, you know, the job I trained for forever. So Brimfield Awakening has been just a really great way to get myself back. And it feels yeah. good to be back. Yeah, I feel you. So speaking of diving, let's dive into the story behind Brimfield Awakening. So like I said, when you first hear those words, it sounds like a steamy novel. So Nisha, <laughs> Nisha, let's start at the beginning. You and Kim have a love for all things thrifting. So where does this story begin? We can actually backtrack a little bit. Uh, sure. Kim used to live in the Boston area, and she was talking about how she used to make these trips to the Brimfield Antique Show, which is in Western Massachusetts. And I piped up and I say, I've always wanted to go. I've been to Round Top out in Texas. I love catching thrift stores or vintage shops whenever I can. And she said, well, I'm planning on taking a trip this spring. And I said, well, why don't you pick me up? Because I'm right on your way up there. <laughs> and she is so lovely. She said, sure. And she did. And we took our road trip up to Brimfield in May of 2017. We had stayed with a friend of hers and we spent the days going to the market and you know, getting there super early, going through all of the vendors. We found so much cute stuff. And the night before our last day, it rained quite a bit. So the fields were really wet and muddy. And a lot of the vendors had kind of wrapped up their stuff in plastic or stored it in trash bags to keep it protected. Mm -hmm. And we were traipsing through the mud and this lady was like throwing trash bags out the back of her truck onto a plastic tarp. And we could tell that there were clothes and textiles inside. And it also had that like really musty old attic, old like fabric kind of smell. Yeah. So I got down on my knees and I start like throwing stuff out and handing it to Kim. And we found a stack of orphan quilt blocks. And the first few I think were like churn dash blocks or something. And then all of a sudden this block popped out that we could not name the pattern for. And it was just beautiful and we loved it. So we bought it for a dollar. A dollar. Hello, oh a dollar. Goodness. I can't dollar. It was a dollar. <laughs> and uh, we went on our way and we had it out. We were looking at it, taking photos, texting friends, trying to Google the image. Couldn't really get a definitive answer right then on the spot. So Kim, I guess I'll let you take it from here. Oh my gosh, I've um, got to ask Kim a question about this because <laughs> like sure. Kim, what Kim, what was going through your mind when Nisha was holding the orphan blocks in her hands? I could just imagine like what were you I'll thinking? I'll tell you exactly what was going through my mind. <laughs> Selfish me was like, she better not think she's getting those blocks today. <laughs> <laughs> we're splitting those blocks. We actually found two blocks in that bag. One that started our business and then a second one, which we both think is actually prettier than the original Brimfield block. But we can yeah. talk about that later. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, first of all, I was like, I cannot believe we almost didn't because we were kind of like by your third day of Brimfield, you're like, oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to wear a bra so again tired. all day and get sweaty. and <laughs> So I'm so glad we went. And when she grabbed those blocks, we got them for like a dollar a piece. Of course, we had to go right to a diner because that's where I do my best thinking. <laughs> um, and we went right to the, you know, the Vernon Diner in Vernon, Connecticut. We highly recommend it. And literally matzo ball soup, Eden, <laughs> I'm Eden. And she's eating something vegetarian. Of course, she's healthy and amazing. I'm not. I'm like, <laughs> matzo ball soup. And we had our placemat in front of us. And we literally were writing out a business strategy we should turn this into a business. This is a block we've never seen. And we both loved English paper piecing. That's what we were both into at the time. We're like, this could be such a great EPP block and we can call it Brimfield Awakening. You know, it, it was just, it was awesome. Wow. It was just like one of those moments where the, the sky opened up and the, the sunbeams came down and there was rainbows <laughs> and the angels were singing. And, I and the humidity went away. Yes. <laughs> yes. The humidity went away and our hair looked perfect. So oh my exactly. goodness. I can just imagine two quilters looking 
looking at each other over this diamond in a haystack find a dollar. I can't believe you paid a dollar for it. And I'm yeah. so surprised also that like same day you're building a business plan. Like you didn't mull over it for weeks or months or anything. You're just like, oh my gosh, this is the win. This is yeah, no, great. I mean, I still had to convince my husband, like, we're going to need some seed money here. It's coming out of the family budget, but we're going <laughs> to do this. Okay. Now that took a little convincing, but I knew, I knew it was going to happen. It was just, I had to grease the wheels a little. Yeah. I'll never forget the day. And you know what else I'll never forget? Anisha is probably with me on this. I'll never forget the smell of that bag, it's that nasty. trash, but it's, it's awesome. I don't, sorry. <laughs> I like my mom associates yeah. the smell of a skunk as a pleasant, happy smell because it reminded her of summer camp when she was a kid. The rest of us were are you crazy. <laughs> That's disgusting. This That's is so my funny story. That bag smelled so bad to the normal person. But to me, yeah. when I smell musty, trash bags of textiles, I get goosebumps and I, <laughs> I have to like calm down and then I have to get ready to get my elbows out and make way for me because I'm coming for that bag. Don't get in my way. That's yeah. just me talking. This is way more refined. Probably doesn't care for the smell, but I love that smell. Yeah. <laughs> so Nisha, did you start diving into research to find out the origin of that block? What did you do there? So, well, Kim had texted the photo to a few friends of ours and they were sending back ideas of what they thought it could be. So we were both looking them up at the same time and they just weren't matching up perfectly. It took a few months, I think, right, Kim, for us to find that. Well, yeah, the we found blocks that it eventually. Right. Um, we found the like the block that it was probably a subcategory of like we knew it was like a strawberry block of some kind, which mm-hmm. came out in the Kansas City Star newspaper back in like 1929. But it wasn't quite a strawberry. It was like a variation of it. And that took us a little bit of time to find out. Oh, that is so cool. And what was the process of trying to recreate the block? Did you start off trying to piece it or how did you create it? Funny you say that in the diner, I remember Kim asking me, that's going to be a real pain to machine piece. And I looked at her, I was like, Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Oh, like the Instagram, like the Instagram story. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) That's right. Or TikTok. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and then we're like, all right, EPP. And then, you know, conventional EPP patterns are typically 100% EPP. And I think, you know, my lazy streak showed through again, where I was like, uh-uh, I'm just sewing that sucker right on. <laughs> oh, you mean <laughs> that hang it down? Yeah, applicate yeah. it to a background square and call it and, a day. Uh, yeah, that's that tends to be our patterns. We we brag about how much negative space and how how great it is, all the negative space. No, the truth is we didn't want to do a whole block of EPP and be married to that project for the rest of our life. We yeah. like to make the pretty blocks, applique them to a square with lots of space, let your yeah. long armor, have fun. And move on to the next project because no one wants to be sewing something forever. At least, at least I don't. Yeah, it's a yeah. contemporary take on EPP, right? So you just right. Yeah, there that's you go. great. Thanks okay. for saying we're not lazy, and that's what it is. Thank you very much. That's perfect. <laughs> so when you guys were really diving into this, having so much, you already mentioned your thinking business plan, but was it really just to have fun and see how it went at first, or what was the goal right from the beginning when you're fooling around with it? Be honest, Nisha, what was our goal? We, we kind of had a smaller goal of, it was more selfish, right? To be able to, well, we wanted to be able to <laughs> buy fabric and write it off. That's what we wanted <laughs> right. to do. Like basically say like this could cover, you know, yeah. all of our purchasing desires. I mean, to be honest, like when this kind of started to get going, I really thought that, you know, all of our friends would buy it to be supportive. And then a handful of other people would be interested in it. And like, I could not have been more wrong with how much I underestimated the reaction to the Broomfield block. But I don't think I ever quite envisioned it being what it is today. But it's been like a really lovely surprise to watch this grow over the past few years. Oh, that's Uh, so great. Pretty incredible. (laughs) And so as it started to grow, was there this moment or time when you both realized, okay, I guess this is our business. We're doing this for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think after our first quilt market. Oh, yeah, um, definitely right then. <laughs> yeah, I, I do a lot of our social media and I kind of like that stuff. I'm a ham. I'm definitely a stick my face in front of the camera. Pernicia's very smart and reserved. Not that say she won't be in front of the camera, but if there's a camera, I'm mauling the camera. Okay, I'm all my crap. So that's why. I, so I remember being at at market and Instagram had launched back in whatever, 2012, 2013. But I remember someone coming up to us in the booth because we were in the paper pieces booth and going, oh, wow, you're like, um, not trending, but you're on the explore page on everybody's 
because everyone was taking pictures of the block and sharing it. And I remember going, oh my goodness, this is actually really good. Like this is going to work. So that's like when it wasn't, I ever doubted we couldn't do something, but it was really satisfying and helpful to have that happen then because I just ditched my husband and said, you're taking care of the kids this week. Not it. I'm going to be in Houston. And like being able to come home with the, look what we did. Look at all the orders that came through and show him success. Like, you know, get off my case. I'm doing this business with my friend (laughs) and it's going to be successful. I know it's like the first thing when we launched our business, my husband, you know, pulls out the Forbes magazine article telling me how the least profitable businesses you could ever start is like a crafting business. Like (laughs) that was my welcome to the, to being an entrepreneur He's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like, you know, anybody's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing now? So it just, I remember how great it felt coming back from our first quilt market niche. It was yeah. just, we were on a high yeah. and it was awesome. And it's really been fun ever since then. Definitely. Right after that quilt market, I think when we were in the airport at Bush International in Houston, and we're just kind of sitting there taking a breath being like, wow, this is a thing. Like, it's yeah. a real thing. It's not just our friends like giving us a thumbs up being like, great job. No, it's a thing thing. So yeah, um, yeah it was pretty cool. Well, you guys <laughs> hit something like you really hit on something because quilters love the story. I mean, that's why I do a podcast. Everyone loves the story. <laughs> so Kim, where is that block now? <laughs> Scouts honor, even though I've never been a Girl Scout, but I like saying that. <laughs> I promise you it is in, I could spin my camera. I'm glad this is, this is a podcast that doesn't doesn't show a lot right you're 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 not going to show I could spin it around show you the crazy sewing room but I swear I unearthed it just the other day it is in my house I have it along with the other one so it's safe there's nothing wrong with it we really just need to get it framed and put on that specialty paper the acid-free stuff and get it under glass and uv protected whatever blue light protection all the protection (laughs) and like keep it safe because we like to bring it with us when we teach at quilt guilds and and shops we like to show the original block because it's beautiful it's made from like feed sack scraps and it's on just this old weathered down piece of muslin and it probably still smells stinky we've never washed it but yeah we have it safe Yeah, we'll we'll definitely have a photo of that in the Tuesday preview. So let's talk about pattern design. I want to know how many patterns do you guys have? So Kim, you let's start with you. You tell us about your inspiration behind the different patterns that you've created. Okay, don't ask us how many we have because I don't really know that off the top of my head, Nisha. Maybe you can quickly do the math. You talk, I'll count. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we are inspired by vintage loveliness. I have, I'll just show it to you so you can see what I'm talking about. We have this pattern here called Blooming Star. Yeah. And this pattern specifically was inspired by a partial quilt top I found at Brimfield one summer. I go to Maine a lot. And on the way back from Maine, sometimes I happen to catch Brimfield if it's going on in July. And I'll never forget this one because I brought my kids. Biggest mistake of my life to Brimfield. (laughs) All they wanted to do was go watch their screen time in the air-conditioned car. And I was making them drag my wagon around with me at Brimfield just just for like a few hours. It wasn't even like a whole week-long thing. Anyhow, I found this Star Dahlia quilt if you don't know what that is, Google it after the podcast. And you'll look at the Star Dahlia quilt. It's a beautiful Amish quilt. And it inspired this design here, which looks like Star Dahlia, but it has little tiny cutouts, Brimfield Blooming Star. So this is open to negative space. And it has a series of papers that ultimately look like a star or a flower. But what we love about our design process is our papers have a unique quality to them which I think paper pieces would agree it's unique to our business. We have perforation on our papers. So mm-hmm. you can see, cause I'm showing you on the screen right now, but these two pieces are actually a single piece, but you can break it down into two into this scoop and this point. So yeah. what's neat about our blocks is you can take a piece that looks like it's one piece and further break it down into two or more. And your blocks can be way more complicated or way easy. It's up to the quilter. So this particular block was inspired like, others that we have found from the Brimfield Antique Show, vintage blocks that we like, and then we try to put a spin on them and make it our own, add perforation and make it specifically for English paper piecing. Yeah, I love it. And we're going to talk about that perforation a little bit more. But Nisha, okay. I want I want to know how many patterns do you guys have? And what's kind of like the design process from initial idea to finished product? I mean, there's two of you. So how do you guys work together? We have nine blocks for which there are patterns of some sort written. And then we do have a handful of blocks outside of that that either don't have a pattern, they're free downloads, or you know they're just things that we've made by rearranging 
existing blocks and existing pieces. That's our number. (laughs) Thank you, Nisha. (laughs) In terms of our design process, a lot of our blocks are inspired by vintage, if not vintage quilts that we've seen, then vintage blocks that we have looked at pretty closely during our research process for other blocks. And a lot of times what we found is that a lot of these blocks are beautiful, but to machine piece them, it's quite cumbersome. There's a lot of curves, a lot of Y seams. I think our Soleil block is a nice example of that, where it's a beautiful, traditional looking star, like round star block. And to machine piece it, it would have been a nightmare, at least in my opinion. But to turn it into EPP was actually quite easy. And it made the design so much more accessible to so many people. And I think one thing that we look for is that one kind of angle is to take an older block that is otherwise very complicated and simplifying it by just changing the process. And then we can further increase the skill level needed by adding the perforation to add curves or other like detail elements to make it more complex or whatever it might be and make it more personal to the person making it. In terms of our process, usually one of us will find a block that we really like and start tinkering with it. Kim will go straight to Photoshop. I don't know Photoshop to save my life. So it's usually I've drawn something on the back of a to-do list. (laughs) I'll send Kim a photo of it being like, can you make this in Photoshop? And then from there, we will, you know, make sample papers. We will try to make a block or two, make little tweaks here or there. And then, you know, sometimes it's a few iterations until we get to our final Sometimes it just, it clicks and boom, we're ready to go as soon as, as soon as it's drawn out. So That kind of begs <laughs> me to ask the question, who's the brains and who's the brawn in the business? Nisha goes to Harvard. She's the brains. <laughs> <laughs> now her safety school may have been Cornell, which is where I went. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, Nisha definitely, like when we have a tricky customer or a situation where we have contracts involved, it's definitely Nisha and not me. (laughs) If you need me to go live spur the moment for a local TV station and explain our business, I can do that. We both bring elements to the table that the other one maybe doesn't feel as comfortable doing. um, But we both love English paper piecing. So we share that kind of baby and then Nisha has her lane of smartness and I have my lane of talkiness and it kind of just all works together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would say we have very complementary skill sets and strengths. So it is very synergistic when we, and I think that's also why we've been so successful is that I am definitely a bit more, I don't want to say logical because it makes it sound like Kim's not, but I'm a little bit more blunt (laughs) by thinking like it's either a smart business decision or it's not like, and therefore her nickname has become, you know, the house of queen of no, queen (laughs) Queen of of no. no. Yes. Let's do this. That's good. No, no. (laughs) That's good. You have to be able to say no in order to follow your path. Right. That's great. So Nisha, are the patterns that you guys have created, are they beginner intermediate? And let's talk a little bit about that perforated paper. I want to know a bit more about that. So uh, we have patterns that I would say would span the entire spectrum. We have a line of designs called Brimfield Beginnings, where we have three designs specifically within that domain that are made specifically for people who have never done hand sewing or EPP before. You know, anyone can make them, but they are very easy to do and it's very easy to learn. So that's where those kind of stand. We do have more complicated designs, I would say, and I think Kim would agree that our Meadows block is on the other end of the spectrum, that it's a more complicated block from the skills that are required to sew it, but it's also a more detailed block because of the number of pieces that you can break everything apart into. And can I just perforation- Brimfield Meadows is kind of like the Marsha, Marsha, Marsha block of our family because Mm -hmm. Brimfield block, it's all the attention, right? And it's not too hard to make, but Brimfield Meadows was also found in that trash bag. It's really (laughs) beautiful, but gets like no publicity. So, you know, if you watch the Brady Brunch, you get the reference. 
Meadows is kind of like the Jan block, but honestly, I love our Jan block. Like I love Brimfield Meadows. That thing is like <laughs> one of the prettiest things to ever come out of our business. So if you're listening, yeah. check out Brimfield Meadows. I know Brimfield block, everyone loves the story, loves the block, but yeah. man, Brimfield Meadows is so good. <laughs> At least in my opinion, I it love is. that block. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys have a free download when people sign up for your newsletter, right? So the yes. I think it's the Avon block, right? So people actually get to try this out before they purchase. So that's a great idea. So what is the Avon block like? What does it look like? The Avon block is, I mean, it's square-ish in its general appearance with a cutout in the middle. And it's actually something you don't have to sew. You can just applique it down onto a background square and then sew all your squares together. That's how Nisha the Lazy One does it. Yeah, no, that's, I recommend doing it. I made it the hard way. And then I said, why did I do it like that? And I saw Nisha made, I'm like, I'm doing it that way next time. Okay. The only thing tricky about the Avon block is when you glue base it, you have to definitely follow the instructions on the link when you download it to our blog that shows you how to do it because you have to put a lot of little snips to get around the curve. So yeah. the glue basting part is hard, but the sewing it part is like, you're just applicating to a background square. That's all there is to it. And it's yeah. named after Avon, Connecticut. So you know how we go to the Brimfield Antique Show for yeah. quote, research every year? Well, we stay with a friend of mine who lives in Avon, Connecticut in her beautiful house. So we named the block after her gardens and ah. the flowers there and everything. So that's why it's called that. And we want to recommend that people sign up for the newsletter. So who writes the newsletter and what kind of things do you feature in there? We don't <laughs> want to bombard people. We want them yeah. to actually open our newsletter. So we don't send them out too frequently. But when they do, it is a new design or it's a sale or it's a free download for something we feel like, you know, we're doing a sew along right now at the time of this recording called the Boston Fence Sew Along. And everyone on our newsletter, that's foundation paper piecing, but everyone got those templates and coloring sheets and instructions for free because mm -hmm. we like to do that. And now they're available for like five bucks, but like, basically we just want to people to like our newsletter. So we were always giving stuff or giving a secret code to buy stuff or okay. featuring a new product like Hexaform would be something that we put out to the newsletter first. And Hexaform is like an EPP paper alternative, which we could talk about another time if you want, but it's yeah. usually a happy thing when you get the newsletter. That sounds great. So now we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about a few collaborations that these two bright entrepreneurs have had with a Canadian thread company and a Canadian designer. So don't go away. Northcott Fabrics are famous to quilters for their Stonehenge and O Canada collections. Right here on this podcast, we give away fabric from Northcott Collections, Banyan Batiks, and Figo Fabrics. Look for all of these at your local quilt shop. Northcott, cottons that feel like silk. Sass Boutique is dressing me in style for the podcast. You can check out the podcast trailer on the Quilter on Fire YouTube channel to see what I'm wearing each week. This beautiful sweater has a painterly effect and it is an Angela Mara design. It's two separate pieces, a tank top and a jersey knit sweater. It's so comfy and it also comes with this necklace. So just call 250-494-1677. Sass Boutique, beautiful, comfortable, classy clothing. And we are back, ladies, and I want to talk about collaborations. You did something great with Northcott designer Brett Lewis, who lives in Edmonton, Canada. And he's originally from here, where I live in Summerland. Kim, how did you connect with Brett and what did you do together? So we met Brett the year before or the months leading up to him launching his first fabric collection for Northcott Fabrics. And we met him at Quilt Market. And it was wonderful because we had been fans of him on Instagram and, you know, we were Instagram friends before we met in real life, like yeah. so many quilters, right? So after meeting with Brett and getting to know him better, he said, hey, you know, I have a, a first ever fabric collection. Would you mind maybe making something with the fabric that I could use in my launch of it for Quilt Market? And I said, oh my gosh, totally yes, please do. So yeah. he sent us his fabric and his first collection. And I'm, the name is escaping me. I know. Stag and Thistle. Yes, Thistle. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're working with Prairie Meadow right now, his yeah. next collection. So that's yeah. why Stag and Thistle has this giant stag head on it. And we have to feature that. And unfortunately, the negative space inside our Brimfield block, that's a big open kind of cog on a wheel space, was going to be too small. So his collection inspired us to make what is now known as Biggie Brimfield, which is an 18 inch block. Uh -huh. yes. And we made that we took the orange peels out of it so that we could make a ring around his stag, the, yeah. like the major showcase showstopper 
fabric from his collection. And the quilt we made, which is available on our website, (laughs) is called Brimfield Crossroads. And it features the Biggie Brimfield block and several blocks from our Brimfield Beginnings collection. So it's beginner friendly. It was in his booth for Quilt Market, and we were so happy to see it there. We just haven't looked back. Brett's made now a second collection, and we have it in our hands. And we've made a couple of Instagram videos showing you how we're fussy cutting it. That's the best part of his fabrics. He He's a quilter. He does some English paper pieces. He's really known for FPP as well. Yeah. But he loves to fussy cut. So when you have someone that designs fabric that actually fussy cuts himself he's going to make it fussy cut friendly which he's done yeah. and I love it yeah 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 it's so great I had him on the show so I've seen everything and his booth was amazing at quilt market the way that it looked and yeah. also it's so nice to see that incredible stag featured right in the center block of the quilt that was gorgeous yeah, that was really so fun. the two of you first came across my radar when my friend Michelle from Oliso Irons mentioned you both she asked me <laughs> yeah. have you talked to the ladies at Bridfield Awakening they've got such <laughs> great stories so so let's talk about the other things that you offer at Brinfield. So what will quilters find on your website besides English paper piecing patterns? We have a product called Hexaform on our website, and it's a leave-in product that you can use as an alternative to the English paper piecing papers. It has a slightly soft and squishy element to it. So when you go to applique your block down, it's almost like you have a little bit of extra batting behind your pieces. And so it really adds a nice texture element to your block. We offer our Brimfield block in hexaform. So that's exciting. We've had a lot of fun with that. And we also have a nice array of our favorite notions, things that we use, that we own, that we swear by. We're always using these things when we're doing demos or doing videos on social media. And we felt it was a really good idea to offer them for sale so people could replicate what they were watching. Mm -hmm. And your patterns also come in kits with papers? So everything is a la carte. We sell the pattern and the papers and the acrylic templates separate. We do sometimes bundle them together so that's a single listing. It's just easier to purchase. But we do offer everything separately because... We feel like people need to have the choice instead of spending all of that money up front. So Mm -hmm. you can buy the full pack of papers or a single pack. You can buy the window acrylics, which lets you trace your own papers and use them to trace fabric or just the solid acrylics that are a little bit cheaper. You can buy just the pattern, you know, just to try it out for a little bit. We like to give people that flexibility. Yeah. And so you have acrylic templates and then you also have some swag. And what's the story behind the trucker hat? (laughs) Oh, I can tell you about that. So I was telling you about the biggie brim, which was the big 18 inch brimfield block. Well, just so you know, there's a whole like, maybe you don't know this, but there's a group of women, men, sewers, quilters that love sewing the smallest possible block possible. Okay. Okay. And they're out there and there's even at the international, the national international quilt museum, whatever the one is in Paducah, I'm getting the name wrong. There's even all exhibits on like miniature miniature blocks. So there's a wonderful group of people that reached out to our manufacturer and said, Hey, can you make the Brimfield block smaller? And they said, asked us, we're like, well, yeah, how small, like half the size, like a seven inch Brimfield. Like, yeah, but smaller than that. Like, Oh, you want to soak something smaller than seven? All right. Like half of that size. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a block we sell called Biddy Brimfield and it's three and a half inches wide. It's a tiny little ring. I was like, these would make great Christmas ornaments. Well, our friend Katie Saycash, who's a quilter in the Central Connecticut Modern Quilt Guild, said, oh, I'm slapping that on a trucker hat. And it's awesome. It looks so good. <laughs> yeah. So like when we do our Brimfield swap, Brimfield Awakening swap every year, that our little midi bitty Brimfields get popular because people like to turn them into trucker hats and give them as gifts. So oh, that that's is been a so really fun. fun application for that particular block. Oh, that's so fun. So today on the show, we're going to be doing a giveaway and you guys are going to give away a Brimfield Awakening pattern with the papers for this week's prize, which is so generous. So thank you so much for that. We're going to mention that a little bit more later. But Nisha, what is your favorite pattern that you've both done together? I would have to say two. I love Meadows. I think it's beautiful. I love every Meadows quilt that gets made. It's just absolutely stunning. I love the Meadows quilts that we have made. I love the Cleopatra's wallpaper, which is a version of Meadows that Kim has done. 
I just love that one. And I would have to say, I also really love the Mira block because it's named after my great aunt and oh. she was just a very special person to me. And uh, I mean, if you look at the two blocks, they do have slight similarities in terms of they've got these like wing shaped features, but the Mira block is really architectural once you put it all together. And it has a really beautiful sub pattern that emerges and you can do a lot with it. You can just do it in solid colors and it looks wonderful or you could mix patterns into it and it looks like something else entirely. So, Oh, sweet. That's so <laughs> same question to you, Kim, which ones are your favorites? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I love Meadows. Meadows is always remember the Jan block of it, of the trash bag duo. It's beautiful, speaks for itself. And there's so many, because it's perforated, there's so many options that you can stitch together. I love that. The other block I love is Brimfield Blooming Star, which is, yeah, the derivative of the Star Dahlia block we were talking about earlier. I love the little peekaboo negative space petals in that one. And what I love about it is it is very beginner friendly. Like if, if you want to try EPP for the first time, you could actually do this block yeah. because the curves are, are not stitched. And I don't want to, you know, throw shade at grandmother's flower garden. That block's great. And that everyone starts their EPP journey on that. Yeah. But if you want to start your EPP journey, something different, this yeah. is a surprisingly easy block to do. And if you get brave and you can tackle curves, perforation allows you to do that. So I would say those are my top two. But mirror block is awesome because you look at it and you're like, ah, oh, that's a pretty block. But then when you see a bunch of them together, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's that <laughs> I didn't know it looked like that when you put a bunch together. It's one of those aha moment blocks, which I love an aha moment. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so nice that it's named after someone special, right? Yeah. So yeah. Nisha, how did your business shift in 2020? Our teaching and travel pretty much came to a halt in 2020. And we really spent the time getting back to the roots of everything, like just getting back to enjoying the hand sewing process, getting back to the design process and enjoying that. And in a lot of ways, it was actually a really nice blessing to have that reset. People were still purchasing English paper piecing items and projects. So that was all still going. It's just the more physical activity involved with our business definitely dissipated over the past year, but it ended up being okay. Oh, that's so great. And Kim, thinking about goals or intentions for 2021 and moving into 2022, do you guys have any big plans? Do you have any sneak peeks you can give us? At the time of this broadcast airing, we have launched a couple of probably two blocks by now, which we are excited about. And we have a, another one that we are actively planning that Nish and I both cannot wait to make. So um, excited. Available <laughs> to everybody. It's, I think it's going to be, it's going to give Meadows a run for the money. It will be English paper piecing. And we do also do foundation paper piecing. We have two patterns that are strictly foundation, but our, our heart and soul is definitely EPP. And if people are listening, they're like, what is the difference between EPP and FPP? Because I conflated the two all the time. Like yeah. English paper piecing is when you take fabric and wrap it around a paper template and hand sew them together. FPP, foundation paper piecing, is when you have like a pattern that has lines on it on a piece of paper and you sew the fabric with your sewing machine on those lines. So yeah. if you're listening at home and maybe you're like, what are the difference? Those are the big two differences between them. Yeah. And if people want to know, they, like, obviously, this is a sneak peek and we're excited about what's coming up. But if you want to know when it's coming out, they should watch your Instagram page probably, right? Yeah. And be on our newsletter. Be on the newsletter. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. We throw our newsletter subscribers because we love them. They're the most loyal. If they sign up for your newsletter, they really love you. So we want to reward the newsletter followers with all the sneak peeks and coupons. And usually, yeah, they get a deal on something first. So yeah, that's a good place to go first. Okay, it'll, be, great. it'll show up on Instagram a little later. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> and Nisha, now this is really exciting. You both just did a collaboration with a Canadian thread company called Wonderfill out yes. of Calgary. So how did you get connected with them and what did you do together? So we met Wonderfill at, I think, one of the quilt markets a few years back. We just adore them. They're a family-run business. They are so sweet and yeah. generous and just, I mean, we cannot speak more highly about them. And they're the and type of business when we see them at market, we just laugh and genuinely laugh out loud, have fun <laughs> with them. Like Aww. they're the business oh, yeah. we want to go out to dinner with on the first night of market. And catch up. Like, oh, totally. That family business. They're awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like we see each other and it's big hugs and, you know, how are you? How's it been? It's like catching up with old friends. And they approached us to do some collaboration of thread collection of different threads. And we decided to go ahead and do it. So we have, I guess at the time of this broadcasting, we would have released them into the, into the world. They're still in production right now. Yeah. And, you know, they're a collection of our favorite basic threads that we like to use. And we just thought it would be really nice to package everything that we use together so people could buy little samples of everything instead of big spools. You know, and then there's some collections of stuff that we just like and we just enjoy sewing with. It's been really fun to do that. So those will be available on your website at brimfieldawakening.com. Correct. Kim, there's also an area on your website called Old Things from Brimfield. So what's that all about? Yeah. So when we go to the Brimfield Antique Show to, quote, do market research, and it's legit. I mean, our, so many of our blocks came out of that field, <laughs> but I always have to justify my trips to Brimfield to my husband. Like, no, it's market research. I'm not really trying to get away from my family or anything like that. <laughs> um, we can't help but buy a lot of other things. And sometimes we're, we get them and we love them for a little while, but we feel like maybe we should finance our trip a little better by parting with some of these things. So we'll often do a giveaway. If like we find an old quilts, we find them cheap at Brimfield, we'll do a giveaway and then we'll put the ones also up for sale on our website. New England is the, was the hub in our country for like textile mills. Like yeah. you will find old, Oh, I forget what they're called now, but they're the, the old things that hold the thread, like <laughs> but they're the not called spools. spools. They have a different name when they okay. go in a big machine for weaving and stuff. Like okay. we find all that stuff and they make, if anything, great knickknacks for your sewing space. But yeah. like we find all the old cool stuff and we'll sometimes put it up on our website to sell it. So <laughs> we've talked about Brett's fabric, but in general, what kind of fabrics do you each love to work with the most when you're doing this type of technique? No brainer. Go ahead, Nisha. <laughs> oh, Liberty of London, hundred uh, percent, all day, lawn, every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Liberty Tana Lawn. And in fact, we also sell some, by the way, because we're quilters and we like tiny for English paper piecing. You don't need a lot of Liberty. You can yeah. buy little tiny rainbow scrap packs and really have a high impact. So we're like, we should probably sell this to justify everything we're buying. So yeah, we love the Liberty. We just do. It's so yummy. It's so soft. It's so, and people are scared of it because it's so fine feeling, but it's actually a really strong, it's a garment fabric. It's made in Italy where the expensive garment fabrics are made. So it's meant to be washed and worn and washed again. So you don't have to be scared to use Liberty Tonalon in your quilts because it's meant to be a very durable fabric. It has a high fabric, you know, what's it called when they thread count? Super, yeah. Yeah. It's so tight. They can print on it designs that look modeled in like other regular quilting cotton. So yeah. it's super strong and beautiful. The prints are so pretty. Okay, yeah. great. And so Brimfield Awakening has been involved in QuiltCon a few times, teaching, vending. Who does the teaching and have there been any highlights and what's coming up next? We both did QuiltCon together this past February in 2021. And we will both be teaching at QuiltCon coming up in February in Phoenix. And teaching QuiltCon together was our first time doing QuiltCon. We were really nervous about it, but we had some really lovely positive feedback from the people who took the classes. So we're really excited to do the workshops in person once we get to Phoenix next year. Okay. And why is that so funny, Kim? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We had the best feedback, but we had one bad one feedback. person. <laughs> and it was, oh and God. I'll tell you what it was, because you know, I hate it when you're listening at home and you're like, well, tell us. Don't yeah. do that group. So we'll tell you what it was. And trust me, all the feedback was really, really good. So we feel we felt love. But you'll never forget the one bad one, right? Yeah. So it was, oh Nisha, how did it go? It was oh, it was I was not interested in what you guys were having for lunch. Yeah, because like, one of our clips was <laughs> like, you know we'll come back after a break and we came back and we were saying oh my gosh we loved our lunch we or just did DoorDash and it was so delicious and we talked <laughs> yeah. about it a little bit because we think we're on a talk show where you can talk about your I did broadcasting and television I had to talk about what I ate every day to the about the weather I mean it's normal but the one person yeah. didn't like it so anyhow oh, yeah. that just makes me laugh because I'll never forget that feedback like don't talk about your food Oh, that is hilarious. Well, good, good. Well, I'm so glad you're going to be at QuiltCon for next year. So what kind of classes are you going to be teaching? We're teaching, um, this is going to be a first time teaching. Well, no, maybe we have taught this in It's been a while because 2020 was such a crazy year. We're yeah. teaching a fussy cutting class for EPP, 
We love doing fussy cutting. It is like one of the best parts of English paper piecing is the different patterns you can make when you cut your fabrics a different way. So we're teaching a fussy cutting class and we're teaching the Marsha, Marsha, Marsha block, Brimfield Meadows, <laughs> because we love that block and it's an advanced block. It takes a nice six hours to learn it and really dive into it. We don't want people to be scared of it. So we're teaching Brimfield Meadows as well. Oh, that's a great idea to teach the, the block that's kind of hiding in the background, even though yeah. it's so brilliant. That's a good idea. <laughs> so Kim, your story has been featured in some great quilting magazines. So tell us about a few of those. When was it featured? Oh, we were just, oh gosh, my stack of mags. I keep them in the foyer so all my guests can come in and see them. Um, <laughs> it's like your Emmys on the wall. <laughs> oh, exactly. And except my lack of Emmys for weather broadcasting. I could say I'm Emmy nominated, but I never won. So like my resume forever says Emmy nominated meteorologist Kim Martucci. Uh, but yeah, we've been uh, fortunate to have been featured in a few magazines, Modern Patchwork and Quilting, American Quilt, Retailer some nice features and a couple of them have been a lot more detailed than we were expecting them to be. So that was a really pleasant surprise. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's always a little daunting, but also humbling when someone requests us to sit down for an interview of any kind. So (laughs) we have fun with it though. I don't know. I, I can't find all my magazines. I found one, but I don't know if this is the one, but we've been really lucky. Okay, so I love to ask all of my creative friends this question. What brings you the most joy? So we'll start with Nisha, and then we'll go to Kim. I think just the process of making something, of thinking about it and kind of envisioning it, and then actually being able to make a physical product that matches what I had hoped is something that I think it will forever just like bewilder me. (laughs) Um, I also really love watching what Kim makes because her creative process is so different from mine. So a lot of times I will look at a block and think, oh, it can look this way. And then she'll make something. And I'm just like, what, (laughs) what did you do? Um, So it's like, that's also just really cool to see someone do the same thing that you're doing, but in such a different way that it's, you know, it's inspirational in the sense that it just gives you another way to look at stuff. So yeah. That's what really brings me a lot of joy. <laughs> and how about you, Kim? What brings you joy? All right. Leave it to Nisha to say something like that and get me all like, <laughs> teary-eyed. All right. I'm going to level with you. The thing that brings me the most joy is when I get my kitchen cleaned up and it stays put for 12 <laughs> hours or more, but that never happens. So let's, let's say, honestly, I hate to give like the same answer, but I like it when inspiration strikes And I'm able to, with my (laughs) crickets, easily (laughs) take an idea and print it out within a couple hours and make something. Like I, I don't like wait time. I am not patient. So I really enjoy being able to be in a position where something strikes me. I'm like, oh, I really want to try that. And just being able to try it. And then I get it out of my system. If it's something I do want to do, it stays with me. It's like I'm a dog on a bone. I don't let it die. Or I've gotten it out of my system. Boy, am I glad we didn't do that. So yeah, that's satisfying. Yeah. So it sounds like both of you like that in the moment creative process. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, before we start to wrap things up, I have a little something special I always do with all my guests. It's a series of five rapid fire questions called the lightning round robin. I'll ask the question and then Kim, you can go first and then Nisha second. Are you both ready? Oh, I'm nervous. I'm so nervous. But yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Who is a quilter that you would love to meet one day? Teresa Silva. Yeah. Quilting is my bliss. She's in Washington State and she is an amazing long arm quilter. I would love to meet her in person. Okay. And how about you, Nisha? Definitely agree with that. Teresa is, I mean, she's so talented, but she's also so incredibly generous and kind. I had made a quilt for my cousin who was going through chemo at the time and she quilted it and didn't charge me because she wanted to be able to give him something that would be comforting during that time and there are not a lot of people who are that generous not just with their time but also with their creative energy so definitely Teresa and if you're listening Teresa make it happen (laughs) (laughs) okay Kim what is on your design wall right now This is New England Motel. This is our first foundation paper piece pattern. It was a sew along we did and the templates are only $3. So you should go grab them from our website. There you go. (laughs) This is a scrap buster. 
Okay. And Nisha, what's on your design wall right now? So technically my design wall is on the floor because I'm in this <laughs> process of redoing my front bedroom, which is where the sewing space uh, is domiciled. But if it was not on the floor, I really want to make a biggie Broomfield quilt. And I started pulling some fabrics and putting some blocks together. So that would be on the design wall if it was hanging up. <laughs> and okay. did you just say domiciled? Excuse me. Did you just say that word? <laughs> For the rest of us wanting to know what that means, could you just, you know, uh, Harvard it here, just bring it down a little. She's such where a it smarty lives. pants. <laughs> totally is. She slips in these words all the time. And then they ask us questions. <laughs> Who's the smarter one? Well, domiciled <laughs> would be the one. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is so funny. <laughs> You guys are so cute. It's funny, actually, because I was, I actually had a word in this little, you know, in my list of questions, I, I was calling you guys a lovely duo. And I thought, oh, I always say lovely. I should change it to some other adjective. So I typed in lovely into my thesaurus uh -huh. and I'm looking at all these words. And this one word came up that I couldn't even pronounce. And it was oh, pultritudinous. Oh, I, I like, love what, it. What is that? <laughs> that anyway. wasn't on my SAT vocabulary word list, but I never got <laughs> to the P's, I guess. <laughs> That sounds like something Moira Rose would say on Schitt's Creek. I don't know if you guys watched or have yeah. watched, but her vocabulary is amazing. <laughs> amazing, to say the least. Okay, back to the questions. I was Kim, trying to slow the lightning round down because I get that, nervous. I go in first okay. every time. That's okay. So we've got the design wall. So who has been an inspiration to you in the quilting world? I would have to say my friends who got me into quilting, definitely. I mean, they're the reason that I got into it in the first place. And they each are so talented. And I'm not going to name names because then they're going to get mad at me for calling <laughs> them out. But, uh, <laughs> but it's just really lovely to, you know, have people in my life that are so adept at making things. And then I would say another person who's really inspirational is Matthew, Mr. Domestic. I just really appreciate not just his creative process, but the fact that he has a lot of conviction and takes a really strong stance on issues that are important to him, but also important to a lot of people. And it's rare to find in general, it's very rare to find that within the quilting industry. And it's a big risk for him to do so from a business perspective. But I just really admire that. So I would say he's definitely a big inspiration for me. Yeah, he has a very strong voice and he's not afraid to speak his mind, which is kind of refreshing, yeah. right? That's so true, Nisha. He's like a nice beacon of hope for people to, to really speak their truth and not be scared to do the right thing. You know, Nish and I have had this back and forth conversation, you know, how much do we put on our social media as a woman owned business, as a, a business with a person of color? Like we've come to the conclusion, you know, damn the money, let's be true to ourselves, and our yeah. tribe will find us. So that's how we feel. And yeah, major hats off to Matthew for doing that. The bigger you get, the more popular you are, the more you have to lose, but he's never been scared of that. And that's really refreshing to see. So we love yeah. that. One of the original inspiring people in my life was the woman who I met that made all my bridesmaids dresses for me. Oh. It's crazy, but she was amazing, is amazing. Her name is Yvonne. And I saw a dress that was no longer available on the shop. I can't shop it anymore because I don't fit into the clothes. What is it? Anthropology. And um, I loved this one dress and couldn't get it. And she's like, I'll, I can make anything. Just show me what the dress looks like. And sure enough, I showed her a picture. Everyone sent her her measurements and she made that. And I think that's what was, oh. made me think, gosh, I really want to be able to do stuff like that. Now I want to be able to sew clothes that fit me better. So I do that too, but. So Yvonne would be right up there as my main inspiration. Okay. And Kim, what color do you choose most when quilting? Pink. I'm pink, 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 pink and <laughs> okay. red, pink and red. I know. Can't get enough of the pink. I love pink. Yeah. And Nisha, me. how about you? <laughs> oh, 100% pink. Um, I also like, I also like coral. So that also usually, or peach, like the combination of, pink and like grapefruit tones, I guess. It's always what I kind of get into. Hence, uh, you can see behind me, there's some, some of those accents right there. <laughs> okay. And Kim, what's your favorite place to do English paper piecing? Anywhere in Maine, pretty much. <laughs> I, I want to live there. I love the weather there. I'm going there in a couple of weeks. I wish I could stay there longer, but yeah, somewhere by a lake, 
where the humidity is not too high and where I can hear a loon making their loon-like noises in the background. That would be like my <laughs> ideal, a porch in Maine with a lake. There you Aww, go. Nice. And how about you, Nisha? <laughs> I really love to do hand sewing outside. I just like the idea that I can do something that's otherwise a, uh, you know, inside activity. And I also really love doing projects when I'm on weekends with my girlfriends. It's just really nice and also kind of funny that we're all just literally sitting in a circle, either knitting or sewing or doing something of the sort. But it's just kind of nice to be able to share that activity with people. Oh, that's so great. Kim, what is your favorite snack while quilting? Haribo anything. Nisha usually picks the best ones on our road trips. She gets these fizzy Coca-Cola bottle Haribos and twin snakes. We both agreed. We love the twin snakes. Um, We like them because they're not they're not like cheese puffs that's going to leave an orange dust trail on all your sewing. So oh, the yeah. Haribo we found is a good thing we can eat that doesn't leave a greasy residue and gets us all jacked up on sugar. <laughs> I have never even yeah. heard of that. Is it a candy oh, or it's like a gummy a bears? Yeah, it's a Haribo is all gummy candy. And I am mm. so like proud of the fact that I like converted Kim into a Haribo <laughs> fiend because a good one. the one thing that I always do when I'm overseas is like I seek out the Haribo, especially if I'm in Europe and like I, you know, buy an embarrassing amount and bring it home. <laughs> but yeah, the Haribo gummy bears, I can give you the list of Haribo that I really like, but I'll, I'll uh, spare you. <laughs> okay. So you both have the same answer for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, Kim. Cause we both take road trips together. So it works out really well. Yeah. Okay. Kim, what do you listen to while you're quilting? I'm so boring and I'm, a, I'm really nerded out about Instagram and how to grow our account. I listen to a lot of Instagram marketing YouTubers that always have tips on what you can do to get people to know, like, and trust you. So that's what I do. I have somebody in my ear most of the time talking about the latest things going on in social media. I like that. Okay. And how about you, Nisha? I love, and when I say love, I mean like love in capital letters terrible action movies like (laughs) the lower the rotten tomatoes scored the better and I love them because they're so bad they're funny and I always love seeing what HBO or Showtime or whatever what they've got playing and then picking one and not really paying attention to it and then sewing and occasionally looking up and seeing a dinosaur-sized crocodile like hunting someone (laughs) down and they like hold on I need to know what's happening and then rewind (laughs) you know figure it out so yeah I'm usually the one watching really terrible or like halfway watching really terrible movies while I'm doing and if I recall Nisha you most recently watched Godzilla versus King Kong I think you're the (sighs) one that most recent and that was bad so I'm just this is so true that Nisha tells you this because I know she just watched that movie recently yeah that was not at my of my own like volition that was I was forced to watch that, but you know, I, I brought brought out family choice to get me through it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Okay, Kim, do you have any furry little friends in your studio? Yes, I do, and I'm hoping to get her viral because she is my little sanity keeper. When I ship, I often have her out. She's not a dog. She's not a cat. She's Cookie Dough the hamster. You can call her <laughs> Dough. She's very round. She's quite large for a hamster, like obese. So we're a little worried because she shouldn't be guinea pig size. She should be hamster size. And she's (laughs) she likes to live in my daughter's American girl backpack. She'll curl up in there, take a nap. And every once in a while, she'll stick her nose out of the zipper, see what (laughs) I'm doing, and then go back to sleep in her little round self. She's our our little furry friend here in the shipping headquarters of Brimfield. That's so (laughs) cute. And how about you, Nisha? Do you have any pets? Not at the moment. I used to have a dog, but she was very old. But yeah, no, not right now. I'll get a dog soon, though. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that was so fun. Thank you guys so much for braving. That was so (laughs) braving the lightning round, Robin. So we've mentioned your website a couple of times, brimfieldawakening.com, where we can go to check out everything you do together. So Kim, where's the best place for people to connect with Brimfield Awakening on social media? Instagram. Instagram all day, every day. You can slip into our DMs and send us a message. Bonus points if you send us a video or a voice message, which I'm okay. a fan of. And this is like, seriously, you're FaceTiming me. You couldn't just call me. I'm like, no, nope, I need to see your face. <laughs> I'm very much a one-on-one. I need to see your face person. I need to see your reactions. If I'm like 
saying the wrong thing. So yeah, just hit us up in Instagram direct messages and we can take it to the next level and email from there. But that's really where we're on that app all the time. And we're less likely to miss you if you send us a message there. Okay, that sounds really good. And now it's time to share this week's podcast giveaway. So the dynamic duo behind Brimfield Awakening is giving away a pattern of your choice with English paper piecing templates. This is so generous, you guys. So thank you so much for that. Be sure to sign up for my email list so you get the weekly links to the video trailer, the podcast, and the contest giveaways. Now, as we wrap up today, what do you each want quilters to take away most from our conversation? Nisha, we'll go first with you and then Kim. I would say, you know, if you have an idea, just give it a try. You're not going to fail at it. You're not going to mess up. You're not going to do anything wrong. Just give it a try. And you never really know what could happen from it. So do that. (laughs) That's so great. And how about you, Kim? Yeah, don't be scared to start. It's only fabric. You can always get more. And just cut into it. And if you mess up, try again. But don't sit on the sidelines wishing you could do something. We all stunk at everything we first tried. I know I hardly know anybody that was great at anything the first time. So just try it. And it might be like some passion that maybe you don't end up doing that, but it leads to something else. So I'd say go for it. Such a great message. And you guys both have such a great Instagram feed. They can dive into some of the videos there and see how to get it all started. So that's such great advice to end with. Kim Martucci and Nisha Buri from Broomfield Awakening. Ladies, it's been so nice to hear your story today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Our pleasure. Thank you for having us. So that was my show with Kim and Nisha from Brimfield Awakening. It's such a sweet story about a random find at an antique flea market. But the best part is how these two friends have a shared excitement for a unique style of English paper piecing. And that that has really blossomed into a contemporary business that quilters can really latch onto. If you haven't already done this while you were listening, go check out their website at brimfieldawakening.com. A daily practice of hand stitching can be a really great way to calm your mind and start your day. Now, are you loving this podcast? Take a moment right now to think of a friend who might love it too. I would be so thrilled if you would share this podcast or write a review on your podcast app. The kindest thing you can do to support a creator is to introduce them to your friends. Thank you for listening to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Until next time, dream big and have fun in the studio with the Quilter on Fire.